Welcome to episode number 87 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here in the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On this week's show is guest Danny Bland. She's a Hempfield alum and track and field extraordinaire. She's now a standout, well, has always been a standout uh, sprinter, both at, at, at Hempfield and NCAA Division Three. Emory University, which is in Georgia. Danny is back home over the summer, um, at least for the next month or so, and was kind enough to stop in here to kind of share her journey. And it is kind of a remarkable one. I mean, if you look at things on paper, she's been awesome in the 100-meter dash, 200-meter dash, 4x100-meter relay, 4x400-meter relay, pretty much her entire career from high school through college. Um, but not everything has come easy to her. She shares a lot about uh, just kind of the, the intricacies as far as uh, whether it be her form um, when performing in events or whether it be just kind of staying out of her head and the mental side of things. And man, she is an awesome talker. And I think she shared a lot of really beneficial information that any athlete, I think at any level could really learn from. One last programming note before I move forward here. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes on iTunes and Google Play. All right, with all that out of the way, onto our conversation with Danny bland enjoy i want to back up a bit just as far as uh coming from hemfield and i don't know too much of the background beyond you know running track and field cross country playing basketball it sounds like you've been involved in athletics pretty much your whole life but like what was kind of your upbringing like do you have siblings did you grow up in a busy household athletic household yeah so i have three younger brothers um andrew just graduated from hemfield and then i have twin brothers who are eight so they'll be going into third grade um, so most of my upbringing was kind of just with Andrew since they didn't really come around till middle school. Is he a runner as well? Yeah, he is mostly a jumper. Um, is he going collegiately anywhere? Or? He hasn't really decided whether he wants to do track or not. Um, mm. So he's going to uh, Illinois Tech. Oh, cool. Um, but he also recently just got into Syracuse, so he's kind of still deciding whether he wants to accept uh, he got off the wait list there. Oh, very cool. So I guess what I'm wondering is like, when, when do you know, I guess, one, when do you fall in love with running? And two, when do you kind of figure out, wow, I'm pretty good at this or I'm pretty fast at this? Yeah, so when I was really little, I played soccer and softball kind of before I could play basketball because um, basketball is like my favorite, um, you know, besides running. And I just knew I, I always knew I was fast because I was one of the faster kids on the teams all the time. Um, but I think I really knew uh, when we were playing softball and so sometimes if you would like drop a catch, you'd have to run. Okay. Um, and at one point my coach turned to me and was like, okay, everyone run, Danny, you have to stand here um, because you enjoy it too much. So like <laughs> for me, it was more of a punishment to watch the other kids run than to run. So I had to stand and watch. And what, then, what position in soccer yeah. and softball? Soccer, I didn't, never really got to the age where you really played positions. I probably stopped that around second grade. Okay. Um, and then softball, I was third base and left field. So, so kind of moving on as far as the the speed events, um, we, we know you now for, for being awesome and the, the short distances. Like, when do you figure out, wow, I'm pretty fast, like faster than, than most kids? Is that not coming to, like, your freshman year of high school then, or how does that work? Um, I think I kind of had an idea, like, in <clears throat> I remember in, like, late elementary school, like, I would just race like I want field day I would always kind of win those like I had one friend who ran won the distance stuff and then I usually was faster in that and then I usually race all the boys in like sixth grade um just like for fun at recess is there any that you beat um, that 
I don't know, we know of today that... None of them ended up okay. running track. There was one kid I was really trying to convince because he was really fast. Are there any top athletes that we that are like popular names from Hemfield that we know of? That definitely you? later on, not from like elementary school, okay. but when I started running track in middle school, that's when I ran into like Sarah Helgeson and people Okay, like I'm just that. trying to think of like who would you have come, like Will Blair would have been kind of your age group? I don't know. He, I guess you guys probably I think was, may not have gone to the same elementary school or whatever. I think, yeah. He was either in a different district at that time or, or a different... Uh, Connor Moffitt or anything. Connor like. Moffitt. I played basketball with him sometimes at the park near my house. <laughs> cool. Uh, Connor and Ryan. <laughs> it was Connor, Ryan, Jordan Hagel. Um, All right. Yeah. I will, were those guys sharpshooters even back then like they are now? Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry to get off on a tangent here. <laughs> um, all right. So sophomore year of high school at Hempfield, you basically come on the scene and just like boom out of no... I guess not out of nowhere, but... In some eyes, maybe. Um, 2012-13 season would have been your sophomore year at Hemfield. League champion, the 100-meter dash, fourth at districts in the 100-meter dash, Lancaster Lebanon League all-star selection. Um, that had to be, I, I guess, kind of knowing now that you have some perspective on it, but maybe then you may not have realized, like, wow, that's quite an accomplishment for a sophomore. I'm just kind of curious of, of that season, um, how you're able to kind of stand out being so young. Yeah. Um, I think I always knew that I had like that kind of capability in me, um, but I kind of enjoyed I enjoyed running with Sarah Helgeson because you kind of got to fly, fly under the radar because, you know, from meets, I think the way like newspapers and stuff worked was they would only report the fastest. So like if I was running an event that she was better at, like no one really knew <laughs> that I even ran, um, which was kind of cool in some aspects. And just training with her, I was always, you know, a half step behind. Because then so, you didn't have pressure on you, like your name wasn't out there yet, I guess? Yeah, it was just, like, people just didn't think, they were like, oh, like, Danny, like, she's probably, like, not good, or just, like, is, like, didn't think of me as a contender, and I kind of enjoy, like, the, when people don't think you can do something, like, to me, like, then you kind of have to. Um, I didn't know if it was that aspect, or if you're one of, like, I could care less about praise, or having my name in the paper, or anything like that. Yeah, I don't tend to care much about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, even in college, sometimes the coach would be like, oh, like, and I was like, I don't, like, this year. Where does that come from, the humble side? I think I'm just really competitive and like my biggest thing is I want to beat someone on their best day so like I don't want to just be able to say like oh like look like they're you know clearly a little injured like I could probably beat them today just to say I could beat them like I want to beat you when you're at your best because that's just like the coolest thing in the sport I'm gonna run through your junior and senior year here because I have some other questions to get to um junior 2013-14 at Hemfield Danny set the school record in the 100 meter dash 12.12 seconds fourth at districts in the 100 meter dash and then senior year 2014-15 season um I guess would have been the spring of, of 2015 anyway uh league champion in the 100 meter dash league champion in 200 meter dash fourth at districts in the 100 meter dash fifth place at states in the 100 meter dash uh Lancaster Lebanon League track athlete of the year um, congratulations on all those accolades. Um, I'm wondering, because especially now, you're in so many events, even this past season, um, I guess even at the D3 meet, you were in like four different events, two relays, 100-meter dash, 200-meter. I might might be missing. But my point is, how do you go about juggling um, so many events and two staying fresh um, throughout the whole track event? Yeah. Um, so I guess, are we sticking to high school in this one? Or yeah, right now? yeah. In high school, it was really nice because I, I kind of enjoy when everything's close together because you don't have a ton of time to like think about it and anticipate what's going to happen. Um, so you kind of just get to have fun with it. And I had a really just great team that was, I mean, Hemfield Track is like a family. Um, <laughs> there's like no other way to describe it. And so 
usually you're just kind of hanging out with your friends okay. and basically your family and people are just like there's always just everyone was joking around like it was just a really fun environment and then like oh, okay we got to go warm up and then run and so it was just really fun time so i guess it doesn't leave you much time to kind of sit there and freak out about like you know i have mm. an hour until this next event you're just constantly yeah. on the go mm. go go um so is that something as far as the mental side of things has that played a factor if at all for you because I, I don't know i just yeah. feel like oftentimes in running events like it's it's so much of a mental game too yeah I would say it's 90% mental. Really? Um, once right. you've done the training, like if you've gotten to the training, for me at least, once I get through the training, I know I'm fine, but I also know that I can fall apart at the line, um, which mm. has probably happened a lot for me. Um, I would say like my most recent meet at nationals, I think I did the best job mentally. Wow. Um, so that's kind of where I'm really seeing improvement. And I think that's why I, I have been doing a lot better this season. Um, so give me, can you kind of expand upon that further as far as falling apart at the line? What does that entail? Yeah, so I remember like my freshman year of college, for example, I was literally running faster in practice in uh, like regular sneakers, so not spikes and no <laughs> blocks for like a 200 than I was in meets. Um, and I remember my coach even said like, Danny, it should not be physically possible for you to be running that slow. like. Just if you put together your like best times, like it just, it's not making sense. Um, okay. So that's when we kind of figured out like it's definitely a mental um, aspect. That's probably just me um, kind of freaking myself out. So I think for me, I tend to think that I know the capability I have. Um, so I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I also think that I think that I have to be absolutely perfect in order to attain that. Um, whereas this season I've really realized that like, you know, even on a bad day for me or maybe messing up one or two things throughout a race, I can still put together a really good performance. So if you're to the point now, well, at least your most recent meet at the, the D3 championships where everything went really well for you, how do you kind of go about fixing that? Like, what have you done over the years to, I don't know, either stay out of your head or, or mm -hmm. just to make sure everything goes well? Yeah, so I think in high school it wasn't as much of an issue just because the guys on my team were really good at just, like, joking around, so I wasn't really thinking about it. Or, like, uh, I remember Tori Long would always tell me before a race, he'd just pick some other girl on our team and be like, go beat Danny, like, to tell them, just to, like, annoy me. Because I'm like, like, why? We're on the same team. Why are you pitting us against each other? This is really annoying. Um, and then I would just run really well. But then in college, I kind of didn't have – we don't have – we've had a lot of injuries on our sprints guys' side. So usually it's kind of just like me and there's not really a guy in the event. And so I'm like, where's like someone to kind of distract me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think um, a lot of the stuff that has helped, especially with our new coach, um, she really saw that I like was kind of like a head case um, and we talk about it all the time. And I think the biggest thing is just, she's always like, Danny, like you're just as good as anyone else here. Like if not better and you need to own that and like, stop paying attention to what everyone else is doing. Um, I think definitely last year at nationals, I still came away with like all American, but I was definitely focused on like, just looking around like, oh, like she's doing this warm up. Am I supposed to be doing like mm. that? Like, is that gonna make me better? Or just not thinking. Cause then you start freaking yourself out. Exactly. As as, what am I doing? Is yep. that proper? And, this yeah. and now you're probably to a point of like, what I do for me is what works for me. And you yeah. don't so much and worry about others, I guess. Exactly. And I think a big thing I was telling, like, especially before the four by four, I was like, we don't need, like, <clears throat> obviously we're good enough that we got here. So like, it's us what gets us here. It's not mm. being someone else. It's like 
mm-hmm. you're good within yourself and like I'm good within myself so just be that person try like don't randomly change you don't need to make drastic changes just do you and right. we'll come I'm away. really glad you shared that because like I don't know I, I I think even if high school athletes are listening mm-hmm. to this I, even I, anybody in any sport can kind of benefit from hearing that because yeah. it's so much of a mental game um probably much in any sport that you can apply mm-hmm. that to and there's little bits and pieces in there so thank you for that when does uh, emory university come into play for you as far as the the whole recruitment process coming out of hemfield yeah. my recruitment process was a mess um i honestly try and like whenever i'm talking to like younger girls like tell them to enjoy it um i did not enjoy mine i didn't really know what i was doing um just because, like, my parents never – they weren't really big – like, my dad liked baseball, but they weren't, you know, athletes themselves. So we didn't really know what we were getting into. Um, we knew I could run at the collegiate level. So I kind of just didn't really know what I was doing. And so everything kind of happened pretty late. Um, and so I actually, like, submitted Emery's questionnaire thing, like, the day before – or like a week before like the application for regular decision was due and so i got when like february march april it was like december oh okay it was like mid-december and so i get a call from the coach i was like at i think it was at like just a track like secret santa type thing (laughs) and i remember i had to like take down notes on like a paper plate because we didn't have paper (laughs) um and yeah it was pretty funny um, cause at first I ruled it out. I knew Carissa Dezerk was going there. She went to Hemfield and plays volleyball for Emory. Wow. So I had known that she was going there. And I think in passing in the hallway once I was like, Oh, like what like type of school is that? And like, is it in the city? Cause I think I originally kind of just passed through it cause I wanted something near a city, but mm-hmm. not in a city. Um, so I saw the Atlanta address and was like, Oh, like I don't want to be in the middle of the city. Um, but then later on I found out like, Oh no, they're like right outside the city. Mm. So you can still have like be just around people your age right um which is what i really wanted since like if you had to i mean obviously you put together a great career at emory and things have worked out there but like just that whole process like if if a kid's asking you about it like you kind of just said you probably would do it differently the second time Mm -hmm. around like uh, i don't know if you could kind of go back and do it like how would you have handled that now with this perspective that you um i was definitely a little like scared to talk to coaches just Mm. because i don't know i was kind of shy and like oh like am i good like what should i be doing and am i good (laughs) enough to be um talking to these coaches but yeah definitely um, like coaches want to talk to you and it's easier especially you know when our coach talks to us now about like recruiting new kids I, I'm so I cover football basketball mm-hmm. lacrosse often in basketball and lacrosse especially this time of year right now of the with basketball it's AU camps with uh with lacrosse it's kind of club teams and national showcases and that's where you go to get your exposure to college coaches where does that come into play for a track and field athlete from high school do you have summer events that you can go to like that or not really um you have events a lot of times the night it can be a nice thing it can also have its downsides is that like track is very much based on numbers and marks so you kind of like talk to a coach and it's like this is my time um Obviously, it helps if they can observe you and, like, see, like, oh, I could, you know, yeah, maybe you don't run the fastest, but, like, you've got a lot to work on that I could really, you know, make you into a top athlete. Um, and so, with yeah. it, with, with track and field being in the spring, if you wait until the spring of your senior year, it's mm-hmm. kind of too late at that yeah. point to reach out. And I guess, yeah, it is kind of a numbers game. So you can mm-hmm. kind of – it's up to you then to take the initiative of – 
finding, I guess, A, what schools you want to go to, B, getting all that contact information, then C, sending them probably all your grades and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but also like, hey, here's all my numbers in these three events or whatever. Yeah. Is that kind of fair to say? Like, did you follow that process at all or not really? Yeah, I kind of did, but I don't think I realized <laughs> that like coaches that are outside of your general region aren't going to be, I mean, there's so many track athletes that like oh, you're going to miss so many good ones. Um, so if you make just just filling out the questionnaire, just getting in touch with them at all, then like they kind of know okay. that you exist. Um, so do like, like you got to be intentional in making yourself stand out. Yeah. You have to kind of put something out there. Cause it's not that they don't like you. It's that they never really yeah. knew you existed. That's crazy that, that you've put together so far a three year awesome run at Emory and almost mm -hmm. like didn't happen. Wait until the day. Before yeah. Applying yeah. And, and I like decided that. on my school the day I didn't do like the February signing day cause I wasn't ready to make a decision. Um, right. and so I made my decision on the last day possible as well. And we heard at the beginning of the podcast, a uh, political science slash pre-law major. Um, what, what do you think is the, the dream job there before we get back to the track stuff? Yeah. Um, I definitely want to go to law school after Emory. Hopefully I'll go next year, uh, right after okay. I finish up. So um, you're going to be in school forever, basically. For yeah. Three school. more years, <laughs> but a lot of my friends are going to med school and they have four. Oh, so right. relatively speaking, mm -hmm. I have less than them. Um, um, this is kind of popped in my head, but like, let's say after this coming track season of your senior year, gosh, 2019 already. Um, do you see yourself kind of still doing this? Or you're just kind of going to play it when it when it does happen like kind of do mm. it on the fly and figure out like I'm just kind of curious of how you're going to scratch that itch when it's done have you thought that far ahead um I've been thinking about it lately especially as I have some friends who are seniors and they've done like some different things so I have some friends I know a few people who've actually gone pro um I've got some friends who are like yeah I'm gonna try and train for these certain events um so I've kind of seen a lot of the spectrum and I think I'm going to definitely like learn a lot about a lot of things if I can um, and then just kind of definitely see how senior year goes and just kind of probably kind of take it on the fly but also try and get informed and yeah. stuff like that. Sorry I keep jumping back and forth here I just uh, I don't want to forget asking you these good questions. Um, as far as going from Hemfield to now Emory it's a D3 program track and field your freshman year 2015-16 uh, square so the spring of 2016 Danny goes competes in track and field um, the University Athletic Association champion in the 100-meter dash all-conference selection and the 100-meter dash 400-meter relay, which uh, Emory as a team placed second at the uh, conference, I guess, meet. And then Danny was an all-region selection in the 100-meter dash, 200-meter dash, and 400-meter relay. I bring all that up to say you made it look really easy, um, but I imagine it's not. But I'm also wondering, too, like, I've had other athletes in here where it's different sports. So let's say football, for instance. Obviously, mm -hmm. if you're going from high school to college, the game's going to be different. Players are going to be bigger, mm -hmm. faster. Um, the game's going to be moving a lot quicker for you. Track, 100 meters is still 100 meters, whether it's in high school or college. So I'm kind of curious as far as, like, is there a transition? Is it just that the people you're competing with are faster? Is there any more difficulties beyond that? Yeah, I would say the biggest difference um, mostly comes with training and also comes with in meets, 100 meters is still 100 meters, but the way you train in college, since you're doing it almost all year because you have indoor and outdoor season, and you really only get about a month off when you're not really training, um, which I personally like, but... Right. Um, so you're not going to be... In high school, you might PR at, like, every meet, 
um, in college, you're actually training through some meets. So you might do a hard workout on a th- like Wednesday or Thursday and then race on Friday. So you're not, and usually the freshmen are the ones who get most bummed out about this is um, you kind of just n- might not PR as often because you're really trying to peak at the end of the season and at the right times mm-hmm. and kind of run fast when it matters. Um, so I'm just going to fly through the sophomore and, and junior stuff because I mm-hmm. there's other – I mean, I can kind of ask you about that, but I, I, there's some fun questions I want to get to near the end. I want to make sure we have enough time for um, Sophomore year, 2016-17, so the spring of 2017 would have been for Danny. Emery, um, conference champions in the 4x100-meter relay. Danny was the conference runner-up in the 100-meter and 200-meter dash. Went on to compete at the NCAA Division Three meet, placing fifth. Emery placed fifth in the 4x100-meter relay. Danny placed sixth in the 100-meter dash, ninth in the 200-meter dash, and earned a pair of All-American certificates. Um, I know you had mentioned earlier just as far as that coaching change between freshman and sophomore year, and I bring that up to say the the coach, I guess at, at that point after your sophomore year, John Curtin, um, I was just kind of going back. This was quoted, um, I guess, what, 2000, summer of 2017 or spring of 2017, LNP. Um, one of our freelancers kind of did a story about Danny, but John Curtin was quoting that uh, story saying, Danny found herself this year when she returned from the indoors and not advancing to the finals. She seemed to be on a mission. On a mission. The coach credited Danny in the 4 by 100 effort at Nationals. Um, quote, our success in that race goes to the way Danny ran the backstretch on the second leg. Making the final in all three events at the NCAA shows how far, he, how far Danny came this year. We have always known that Danny had the talent, but that light bulb moment when a kid realizes what they're fully capable of came on for her. I was kind of curious with all that being mm-hmm. said, can you kind of expand upon like, what did he mean by all that? Yeah. So, um, indoor nationals of my junior year, um, was definitely a true like low point for really? probably half the people that went. Yeah. So we had our 1500 girl, we had a 1500 guy and then I went for the 60 and the two. And then we had our four by four, which is just always mm-hmm. all American and usually going for titles. Um, we all went and the only uh, people to make finals was the four by four. Um, and it was even what hurt the most though, I think was that um, I was the first one out of the 60, which I went in seated sixth, like I was supposed to be doing a lot better than I did. And it was definitely very mental. I was, I mean, it was my first nationals. I was extremely nervous, yeah, that's um, true. but I was the first person out and it was by a thousandth of a second. And, mm. um, there was a lot of controversy, not controversy, but we were in different heats and they hadn't really had someone. So we were like technically tied to the hundredth place. And so the question was, uh, do we go to the thousandth place if you're in a different heat? Um, and so, like, they did, and, yeah, she had a faster time, so she made the final, um, mm-hmm. and she did a great job in the final. Um, but that was really hard for me to be that close, and then 30 minutes later, I had to come back and run the 200. Um, so I definitely ran it kind of mad, and actually I PR'd by a lot, so I definitely <laughs> I didn't make the final in the two, but I wasn't really supposed to. Um, so everyone's like, wow, like, you just missed finals, right. and I was like, guys, I wasn't supposed to make finals, so that was a huge PR. Right. Um, and so I think... And Gabby was also the first person out of the 1500 uh, finals. So I think just being that close and not getting to like run for the title um, was really hard. And so I think, and she was also my roommate at nationals. um, So we were kind of bummed, but then I think in outdoor, we were like, all right, like now, like we're really, we kind of like, I always tell everyone that I kind of went into indoor, like 
I want to be an All-American. Um, whereas like outdoor, I just chose and was like, this is going to happen and we're going to just make it happen. And I think that mindset helps a lot. So if you learn uh, one of the pieces I took out just from what you told there, the indoor thing, if, if you're mm-hmm. basically ticked off after that hundred meter and things don't go well, and then you PR in the 200. Yeah. Have you translated that to how you run now? Like, do you yeah. just try to psych yourself up and get really angry going into the next yeah. event or whatever? Um, I don't, I think I've figured out more where I don't have to be like angry now. Like I don't have to be, I mean, if I am, I usually run pretty well. Um, <laughs> but like, again, in, in indoor this year, um, I didn't make the final for the 60 again. Mm. Um, and I was kind of stressed for that meet just because I hadn't run. It was like my third time running the four by four. Um, and it's not something I'm super used to. So I think I was just really stressed. That was my first event. Um, mostly nervous, I guess not stressed, Mm -hmm. but I just ran poorly and I was really upset. And my coach came to me and said, you know, you have three minutes because in about an hour you have to go run the 200. And then an hour after that, you have to run the four by four. And like, you guys have a really good shot at a title. And so like, basically just kind of saying like, hey, like that was a bad race, but your weekend's not over and that doesn't define the weekend. Um, so a word that comes to mind in my head anyway, mm-hmm. you describing compartmentalization maybe? Yeah, of, exactly. Okay, you have three minutes to be mm-hmm. upset about this, but after mm-hmm. that three minutes is up, put it behind Focus you and on the next, race. the next thing. Yeah. Um, all right, junior year, this past uh, 2018 spring um, for Danny at Emory, conference champion in the 100 meter dash, 200 meter dash, and Emory was the conference champion as a team in the four by 100 meter relay and the 4x4, four by four, uh, four by 400 meter relay. Danny was named the University Athletic Association Most Outstanding Performer, and then at the D3 meet, as she said earlier, prior best job at the line, just in terms of uh, her career at the starting blocks anyway. She placed second in, one, in the 100 meter dash, third in the 200 meter dash. Emory as a team placed second in the 4x400 four meter relay and fourth in the 4x100 four meter relay. And Danny earned All-American status in all four of those categories. Um, man, what a day for you. Uh, I'm kind of curious as far as like everything's going so well for you throughout the day. Um, and you kind of just mentioned as far as like when things go bad, I get mad and run mm-hmm. angry. Like, what do you think clicked for you that day, I guess? Um, I definitely think that, you know, we got up to nationals on like Tuesday or Wednesday and we had practice on Wednesday and all the other teams are practicing too. Um, so you have all these people and you know that they're the best, at, like you're practicing with the best of the best. And usually I think that's kind of when I start to be like, okay, like mentally kind of question like, do I belong here? Um, and so I remember I finished my practice on Wednesday and my coach came up to me and kind of grabbed me by the shoulders and she's like, Danny, I was like, yes, like wasn't really sure. And then I was like, oh, okay, she's about to give me a pep talk. And she was like, Danny, like you are, He's like, she was just saying like, you know, you had a really great practice today. Um, and she was like, you are just as good, if not better than anyone else here. Mm. And you just need to kind of just accept that and just have fun and just be yourself mm-hmm. and everything else will happen. And I think through the next day, I kind of just really like thought about that. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, obviously I got here by being me. Um, and everything we've done has kind of led up to this. And so I really just was like, okay, like this is just you. And I think a lot of thought about the team too, because mm-hmm. we knew that we had a really good shot at podium for the team as well. Yeah, um, kind of a, a list of fun questions. Don't really fit yeah. a timeline I wanted to ask you about. Are there any runners or, or track athletes either growing up or now mm-hmm. that kind of inspire you um, to yeah. do what you do now? Um, there's definitely a lot. I'm kind of a track nerd. 
Um, I don't know. When I was little, I always loved, yeah, um, I always loved Usain Bolt. I watched all of his, like, when he kind of broke out into the scene in 08. Um, I remember I was watching that. Um, there's a lot. Um, when I was younger, in, like, middle school, I really looked up to the high schoolers at Hemfield. Um, that was when they had a really great group. It was, like, Kelly Donovan, and they had, like, Angela Rothmiller. You had Hansel Akers, who went on to Georgetown. Um, and just, like, a lot of people like that, um, who I was really looking to just to kind of see like, oh, that'll be me like in Mm. a few years. Um, And then now there's a lot of people just within, I actually ran against Lena Irby this year who has the 200 world lead at the moment. Thank Um, you for explaining that for those who are unfamiliar. Yeah, she runs for uh, University of Georgia and she's a freshman um, and she's awesome. And she's a really cool person too, which is always fun to see when like, you know, they're not just amazing on the track, they're really cool people. are there any, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, just you have so many events, you can't really uh, be in your head all that much and, mm-hmm. and you move on from thing to thing, but are there any like pre-event rituals or superstitions that you have mm-hmm. before you go out and run a race? Yeah, um, I kind of gotten a little bit more away from that just because I think freshman year, uh, I think the biggest thing I learned from our old sprints coach was that it's okay, it's good to have a routine, and but you never want to let it be to the point where like, you kind of are freaking out about like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, I'm going to run terribly because, you know, <laughs> if you're wearing the wrong sock, are you really going to run slower? Um, but now I do. Are there proper socks to wear to make you run faster? No, I used to, well, world? I used to wear like a lot of people have like a lucky pair of socks or like I had like a lucky blue pair of socks and then I like lost a blue sock. So I had a blue one and a pink one, but then I would always put the same color on the same foot, um, which is strange looking That's back awesome. on it. Yeah. Um, on the day of a meet or going into an event like that day from morning to when you get to the event um are you intentional as far as what you're putting in your body what you're eating or how much liquids you're consuming or anything like that uh that's been a huge learning process uh this year specifically Mm -hmm. just adding the four by four kind of put a whole other layer into that usually i really lose my appetite on meet day i think a lot of times it's just because like the adrenaline like being nervous that kind of thing um so i'll usually kind of keep it light but then when i added that on you know running a whole 400 meters (laughs) when you're already tired i have really had to focus on making making sure I was eating enough because um, the issue is like mm-hmm. I'm almost running I'd only really get 30 minutes so it's mm-hmm. like I finish a race 30 minutes later I'm warming up again so I've started you know making sure I was eating more so that I don't die at the end of the day um, <laughs> because I tried it the first meet of outdoor and by the time we got to the four by four I was Right. First 100 meters, I was dead. So we're recording this, uh, I guess, what is it, last Thursday in June. Um, you'll mm-hmm. probably go back to school in about a month, per yeah. se. Um, with that being said, like, what are, what are you doing now, either to stay in shape or do you have mm-hmm. a training routine, and where are you doing that at? Um, yeah, I lift usually at the Hemfield Rec just because it's close by. It's simple. There's not, like, a ton of people, so it's kind of nice to just get in and get out. Um, uh, in the summer, I'd say we mostly focus on lifting and getting stronger, um, because that's a time when you can really do that without any meets. Um, cause sometimes when you get into the season, you know, you lose a lift cause you're kind of lifting lighter. Um, and, and being a, a sprinter, like, are you out each day putting in like X number of miles or is that not really common among sprinters? It's not like, usually mileage right now. I think I just got back a week or two ago, finally, um, to be able to start running again. I had to take like a few weeks off after nationals. Um, just cause that's yeah. our off season basically is a few weeks. And then, so right now it's like, you'll run for like 20 minutes, a few times a week, but then we'll have, um, we're starting to add back speed stuff. So, and 
I don't know. Maybe it's it's one of those like okay, technically I'm going to cover three miles today, but maybe mm-hmm. it's like for ten minutes I'm going to go all out, or at this certain pace, and then for five minutes take it easy. Like, do you do any of that interval training type of we'll stuff? We'll do that. Um, sometimes we call it minute on minute off. So it's like you'll run mm. a pretty good pace for a minute, and then you'll walk a minute, and then you do that a bunch of times. Got and it. Then, yeah. Um, and now going into your senior year, I don't know. T- you mentioned how Hempfield was so much of a family. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. that at Emory, but I don't know. Maybe it's in my perception. Track and field is can be so much of an individual sport. But with all that being said, I'm wondering, being a senior going into the 2018-19 campaign, do you take on like a leadership role, at Emory? Now, like, are you a team captain? Did yeah. others look up to you and stuff yeah. like that? Or? Um, I was named team captain as a sophomore, actually. Um, okay. Which like meant a lot to me, just because I think I usually I'm not always super vocal. Um, so I think. You know, to be kind of told, I tend, I guess, lead more by example. Um, but kind of just being told, like, hey, like, keep doing what you're doing. This is great. Um, like, this is what we need. Because we do have a lot of vocal people on the team, which is great. And But, like, that's just not as much my style. So I think it was nice to be like, okay, like, no, you're still. I can never tell today. You seem very smooth and, and natural as a talker. Like, communicating comes easy to you. But I, that hasn't been the case on, on the track, I guess? Or you're just more... I just don't need to, You like, like to shut up and run, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I like to have, like, definitely a good time at practice. But I think, you know, I don't need to be telling people, like, oh, you should be doing this just by, you know, getting mm-hmm. down, starting the workout. People just tend to do it, mm-hmm. too. Um, so I was, uh, just because it's part of my research, um, mm-hmm. to make sure I'm fully prepared on this, but kind of creeping on your Twitter account last night to <laughs> make sure I'm not missing anything. I noticed you're a big Penn State football fan. Yeah. Right? Like, where does that come from? Um, I live in Pennsylvania, and it's kind yeah. of cold. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always tell people. Um, I think a big thing was in college. Somehow, I ended up at college that doesn't have a football team. So I think <laughs> I actually follow college football more now, like, online, because I don't have a team to go to um, right. at my own school. So I really like to watch um, – Online, yeah, you have to be on because you're in Georgia, so it's not like you can get yeah. unless you have the Big Ten network, and yeah, there's maybe only three games a year mm-hmm. at Penn State that are on there anyway. So yeah. I guess you're kind of following from afar as far as what the Nittany Lions are doing. I guess. Yeah, and did, um, do you go to a lot of games? Did you go to a lot of games kind of growing up, like with that or anything? No, or? I never went to anything except for high school. I've never. I've, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I've never been to a Penn State football game like, oh, in person, which right. I know is crazy. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I definitely well, maybe when, to Maybe when you're someday. done at Emory, you can uh, come back this way. Last question I have for you, um, and you've hit on a lot of great topics. You did fantastic today. Uh, this is kind of the point of the podcast where I like to ask guests as far as, I don't know, words of wisdom that you can leave people with, uh, whether it be – I don't know, philosophy you live by or something that you found has made you a better person or a better athlete, whether it be a saying or kind of a motto or anything like that, or maybe just something that you've learned in your own life from going through trials, whether, I don't know, something that that somebody can take and and make them a better person, um, Mm -hmm. whether it be in business or sports, or maybe somebody's facing difficulty in their life right now and need to pick me up. And you can kind of go whichever way with that. Um, Yeah, I guess these are one of the things my coach was talking to me about this year. I was really disappointed for a while in indoor because I wasn't running as fast as I wanted to. Um, I was running pretty slow. And I guess especially after a really fast outdoor season the year before, um, she was saying, you know, you're not always going to be able – the best things aren't always going to be happening in your life. Like right when you have one PR, you're not necessarily going to PR every week then. You might have a point where you kind of plateau. um, But it's really important to push through those times because, like, that's when – something will happen um and 
she was right. Um, I definitely had a really rough indoor. And I remember one day I just was like sitting with some friends. I was like, what if I don't go to practice tomorrow and never run again? And what if I'm never fast again? And they're like, Danny, what the heck? Like, that's insane. And I was like, yeah, it is. But what if it happens? Um, and then obviously just kept pushing through everything and then still ended up doing so great. So show up, so, like yeah. even on the days when you don't feel just like doing up, it yeah. and things like that. And yeah. when the good times happen, make sure to pause and enjoy them too, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think it makes just like going through, I would say a big thing is like when you see like people succeeding, like remember how much goes into that um, because like I think I enjoy it so much more because I know like it doesn't, it looks easy, but it's not easy. Um, so just seeing... You know, like, there was uh, a girl at Nationals this year won, like, three events, uh, waddling, and, like, everyone's like, oh, like, she makes it look so easy. I'm like, no, like, I know what she does. Like, she puts in so much. Um, so I think just kind of remembering that it's not as easy. So if you see someone else and you're like, oh, like, it looks like what they're doing right. is so easy, like, no, it's hard for them, too. So keep pushing, and you'll get there, too. Awesome. Um, well, hey, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast and you enjoyed listening to the previous 86 episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to those in the archives. Just last week, we chatted with Lancaster Catholic football coach Todd Mealy, um, who chatted about his new book about a Penn State football player during the 1920s. I'm almost finished with it, and, man, it is awesome. I highly recommend it. I think it's called Glenn, Glenn Killinger. If you search for that in a Google machine, you can find it. Um, anyway, next week, we'll be chatting with Penn Manor alum and Penn State field hockey extraordinaire Cassie Klein, who's back home for the summer as well. With that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future guests on the show. So if you're listening to, th- listening to this and think, hey, I know this person, they'd be great. Throw me an email, jaywalk at lnpnews.com, or contact me on the Twitter at jaywalklnp. Danny, any uh, place that people can find you, follow your journey, or anything like that? Are you active on social media or anything like that? You'd be willing to share? <laughs> um, I guess I have an Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I use those pretty regularly, especially for track. Because I know the Twitter. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I don't really use Twitter. I'm, I'm never on Instagram. Like ever. Um, okay. So probably don't follow me on Twitter. My friends probably even <laughs> know I have one. Um, but yeah, Instagram is just Danny Bland. Um, okay. Usually I'll post track stuff. My friends make fun of me because there's a lot of track stuff on there. Hey, that's fine. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up here, just want to give a shout out to my colleagues, Tyler Huber and Irene Snyder. They are the engineer slash producers of, the palace of this podcast. Thanks to my other colleague, Claudia Esmanshid. She gets this thing online. So thanks to them. Thanks to you guys for listening. And Danny, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah,